0: To lock it down, sports. I'm Lock Hoover, and I know, I know, I know. Okay, it's been a minute. I've missed you as much as you've missed me. Well, I like to think anyway. It's been some there's some technical there's some software difficulties is why it's been so long since I've been able to speak with you. And I've got there's so much I could get into, um, but honestly, we're talking about current currently what's going on and we're getting to the brave we're getting to the Braves bring it to Cooperstown college football playoffs i know playoffs yes there's been recent news about it i got to get it out there uh, major league baseball all-star game and a tv deal and current state of this UT program right now. Just had SEC Media Days, so there's always news going out about it. But first, I want to tell you about my friend at Stream Studio. He's a multi-camera live streaming platform that allows you to go live in less than one minute. He's a video podcasting live webinar streaming platform that allows you to stream to multiple platforms at the same time. Now, Yes, we know the Braves are on a roll. They can lose and still pick up games. That's what they've recently been doing. I could talk on and on about the whole team, their production, how good they are, even how banged up they are. But I want to talk about an unsung hero and someone who would get more NBP talk. If it wasn't for his own teammates, that's right. I'm talking about Sean Murphy. When he first came to Atlanta, you knew I knew I knew he was gonna be a good player. What he did at out in Oakland put up really good numbers for an Oakland team that was terrible and a tough, tough hitters ballpark out there. Comes to Atlanta. Winning team, better lineup around him, and he has been every bit worth the penny and more. The bird had to steal from him to begin with, but what he's done, absolutely incredible. So let's just run this down real quick. Fourth in runs, ninth in hits, fifth in doubles, second in home runs, second in RBIs, and tied for first in average. First in OPS, first in slugging, and second in on base, all in catcher's rankings. It's pretty salty. Pretty salty. Hits in the middle of the Braves lineup, hits fifth, Hit has hit fourth and fifth basically the entire year. Yeah, I know some of those stats, of course, are coming out of the DH spot. One who DH every now and again. But still, a catcher with that production. That's pretty darn good if you ask me. Oh yeah. He's on pace for twenty-nine homers and ninety-eight RBIs. How do you catch him spot? That's not an everyday regular thing. Like I said, that's MVP caliber type numbers. Oh yeah, on top of one of the best throw and catch guys, framing guys, and best defensive guy as catchers in the game where he can pick it, scoop it. You've seen multiple times what he's done back there behind the plate. Really impressive. And it's just, it's been fun to watch him other than hearing, yeah, this guy's good. He's been really good. Oh, but don't sleep on i another appreciation for this Braves catching tandem Travis Starr, no. Just 136 of bats. He has has 8 bombs, 23 RBIs. He is hitting 265, first in OPS and slugging with any catcher of less than 200 bats, and second in OPS. That right there, he's on pace for 14 homers, 40 RBIs also great bench bat to come off the bench and pitch hit for eddie when there's a lefty on the mound also too when it comes to this braves lineup if you've noticed sean murphy's out travis starting slides right in there on the five hole a lot of times with these catchers what do you have whatever you have your starting catcher Maybe say fifth, sixth, seventh, whatever you know, whatever it is. Their backup is in that nine slot. Not the case in Atlanta. He slides right in at wherever basically Sean Murphy's been hitting. Third, fourth, fifth, slide Travis Darno in there, and it's you don't blink, you're like, all right, let's go, let's roll Darno. And as a tandem, the Bridge have twenty five homers already. 80 RBIs and 63 home runs. Excuse me, 63 runs scored. That's pretty salty numbers. From the catching position currently, where we are right now, easily I could see a 35, well over 100 RBI, 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 um, club for position for catchers, obviously over one hundred RBIs. You might outside chance of getting forty from the catching spot. That's that'd be pretty impressive. You get forty homers from the catching spot, over one hundred RBIs. You take that in a heartbeat, and that's been part of the reasons for the Braves' success. And Travis Turner just signed that one-year, eight million dollar deal our extension to stay in Atlanta. He wants to be here, and he loves it in Atlanta. And that's more than Mary, the leadership. He knows his role, what he's going to do, and it's been a match made for both the Braves and Arno ever since he's come to Atlanta. Now, like I said, since I haven't been able to speak with you in a while, I haven't been able to talk about this. But a few months ago, I went to Cooperstown, which is about to be the mecca of baseball here coming up soon with Fred McGriff and Scott Rowland going in the Hall of Fame and the ceremonies coming up. That place is a neat town, I'll tell you what. It's a small town. I was very surprised what everything entailed about Cooperstown. It's a small town. Not very big. The Hall of Fame is downtown. It's basically one stretch, like a strip of little restaurants and gift shops, post office, and boom, there's a the Hall of Fame. A few blocks over, you've got a lake. But it, it's, it's a neat town. It's funny. It's, it's almost like it's just like a town. But the Hall of Fame just happens to be in because that's like the setup for it. Now, when I went to the Hall of Fame, it's, it's amazing. Any baseball fan has to, has to, has to at some point make their way to Cooperstown. I mean, they do a great job of showcasing the history, which is what it's all about. It's a museum after all. But just like the layout of the rundown, of course they got all the old gloves, the some of the old bats, in in the um, in the plaques or in the not the plaques, in the museum showcasing uh, showcasing that sort of thing. Um, but they really do a cool walkthrough and setup where they show everything of baseball. Like they show the they show the PED era just a little. Hey. Here's what happened with Babe Ruth, Sammy's Babe Ruth, um, what happened Barry Bond, Sammy Sosa, Martin McGuire, Jose Canseco, some of the others that took PEDs that hit all these home runs. Here's a little small um, you know, not plaque, but like little like glass case of hey, here's some stories about it and what happened. Uh, they do they have big they have lockers of every major league baseball team. And just big moments that the each team has had, different players might be a here's the first here's the ball for a triple play, or the jersey for a 20 strikeout game, or just something like that for each team that represents. And I, I was asking one of the um, museum, I mean, one of the works in the museum, like like how far? I mean, they've got you know so many things to pick from with all these uh, teams and uh, logo, I mean, teams and history of, you know, different stuff. And they go back from the last 10 years, which, which I guess is fair. Every People have bad memories, I do, hand-raised, about what they remember or maybe they don't remember. And then obviously for the kids, they might not have been born when that happened. So that's that's interesting like they, they just have all this you know stuff they can filter it in filter it out when they set up the, uh, the you know the layout for the different lockers um, to me absolutely the most coolest thing was the Hall of Fame plaques it was it was incredible just walking in there the the gallery and seeing all the plaques and just reading the stats and the different errors errors of each player and i really liked what they had on some of the plaques or i guess shall i say below the plaques where they had stars and it's like huh why do some have stars and some don't well it's whatever they if they're military if they served in them what war they served in they've got stars below which is that's really cool it shows respect obviously of what they've done but just represents them as well um interesting enough too i didn't know this this ceremony where they uh induct uh, without the induction for the players it's not even on the premise of where the hall of fame is. It's probably 10 minutes or five, 10 minutes away at a in an open field. But when you pull up, it's like a rec center that has indoor, you know, your basketball gyms and that sort of thing. And it's just this big open field. Like so I was like, I'm gonna just go check it out just to see. Obviously, I know it's gonna be completely different from then when it was on TV. But it's just open soccer. It's an open soccer field, a kid's little baseball field, and that's it. That's all they've got there. To um, that—that's it. And of course, when you do the Hall of Fame, they put up the stage, all the chairs, a broadcasting area. So it's a very different setup. But that was neat to see. Just oh. Here's where it is. It's not even on campus, but it's it's a very neat, cool town. Also, if you ever do have a chance to go, another thing I will say is you have to, have to go to a hidden gym and the Cooperstown Bat Factory. Yep, they've got a bat factory, which makes sense up there, and... Very small, but it's where they produce wooden bats. Um, just like any other wooden bat company, uh, some are for Major League Baseball players. You know, some have, they have some contracts Major League Baseball players. Others, they, you know, they produce for Little League and, you know, your wooden bat tournaments and things like that. You can just you know go by showcase or display whatever, or you of course use them if you got kids in a one bat tournament. So that is a must as well to go to the it's. They tell you stories. They talk about um their history, what they do, uh, like about them and. Some of the players that they have on their major league baseball roster. Really neat run-through spot. I would definitely recommend going and checking that out. So let me tell you my friend at Stream Studio. It's a multi-camera live streaming platform that allows you to go live in less than one minute. It's a video podcasting live webinar streaming platform that allows you to stream to multiple platforms at the same time. Now Major League Baseball All-Star Game. First and foremost, jerseys were ugly, which is normally the case whenever they have to wear nationally and American League jerseys. I mean, why do they continue to muck it up and not let the players just wear their regular jerseys? I know why. It's they're trying to sell them for merchandise and all that but at least make them look good at least make them um you know what if they're gonna do that they should almost do like a nike can uh their city connect jerseys for each for each team now that would get your revenue and your profit right there they look terrible, and I wish they would stop screwing that up. But sometimes, I won't say sometimes, but a lot of times major League Baseball can't get out of their own way. Now, kind of some interesting numbers here about this. Outside of the game, good game. National League finally broke the skid and won a game for the first time in a hot minute for sure. Um, but... This was the second straight year a record low TV rating for the for the All Star Game at seven million viewing viewing share for rating, but it was higher than any other league All Star Game. Seattle makes sense, and Atlanta makes sense were the two most highest rated cities that viewed the All-Star game. Of course it makes sense. Seattle. It's in Seattle. Let's check it out. Atlanta. Basically had the entire team there. So every Braves fan wants to see their guys play because their whole team is there. So, yeah, that makes sense. Now, talking about numbers a little bit earlier, Pro Bowl had 6.28 million. NBA had five. Excuse me, had four point five million. The home, the home run derby itself had six point eleven million, and none of that surprises me by the numbers either. Yes, I know uh, Major League Baseball isn't near as popular as, of course, the NFL. Um, it's about, it's it's close neck and neck with um, the NBA. But why it is the best, um, highest rated game to me is because it's the only All-Star game that actually looks like a real regular season game. It's still the most equivalent to it. It's not a 199 to 197 score like in basketball it's not a pro bowl which become flag football two hand touch now they've basically gotten rid of and they're trying to get creative for all these skill competitions and this and that and we know what a joke the pro bowl is and has become it's the only one that's an actual game and it makes sense and it works it really does And hopefully this will continue to increase interest in the game as the numbers were up for the younger demographic. The 18 to 35-year-old demographic, the numbers and ratings were up. So maybe it's that growth in that sport and it's the excitement, which is very much, much needed. Now, something else that has been very uh, refreshing on my end. Right now, yes, it's July, but we've just had SEC media days. and it's almost like a update of where the current program is and that's the current state of Tennessee's program. To me, I've been very impressed being able to parlay last year's success. Obviously, we know 11-2 last year, Orange Bowl win, beat Florida for the first time in six years, and just the second time in 19 years. Beat Alabama for the first time in 17 years. So how are they parlaying that success? With the loss of Hendon Hooker and Hyatt, the Belilicoff winner. They're winning recruiting battles. Currently ranked 7th, they picked up three four-stars recently. Two in the last two weeks. One of them recently just picked out Matt Matthews, four-star wide receiver. Out of Georgia. You're going down to Georgia, get one out. They beat out Georgia, Clemson, and Southern Cal were the top three schools that he was considering. Caleb Beasley, four-star cornerback, out of Tennessee, very big to me right there. I'll get to that in a minute. Beat out Georgia, LSU, and Clemson. And then Edward Spillman, four-star linebacker, another one, out of Tennessee. Ohio State, Georgia, FSU is top three. Then it came down to Ohio State and Tennessee, where's final two. Why is that so important to me? It's because – Tennessee should be getting four and five stars from Tennessee. Two or three years ago, they weren't. And it showed and reflected. To me, Beasley and Spillman are almost more important important recruiting wins than Matthews to me. And here's why. You can now convince Tennessee kids to stay home and come to your program. If you're Tennessee, you have to be able to do that. You have to get your five to ten SEC type kids to come to Tennessee. That's all you're going to be getting that caliber player because you know you to have to go get two or three from Georgia, two or three from Texas, North Carolina, South Carolina, Ohio. Pull a few out of the West, whether it's a California, maybe, you know, somewhere in Oregon or somewhere like that, maybe you get Northeast, maybe one up in New York, but you have to, have to pull a handful of kids from each of those states because you can't get 15 kids from Florida, like those Florida schools can, 15 kids from Georgia, like Georgia can. It doesn't happen. You're not going to be able to because the talent level is not there. And you're going to recruit your home state, which is incredibly important to me. Now, another big thing in this recruiting battle is the negative recruiting war is over against Tennessee. Schools can't come up and say, well, this is going to be X, Y, Z because of all the Penalties that happen when Jeremy Pruitt, were there. that's done. That's out in the open. So schools know. I mean, schools know. Kids know what the result's going to be. In total, so there's going to be eight million in fine and fines for Tennessee, a scholarship reduction. So reducing, so reducing two a season for three or more years. And they've already self-imposed some some of those in 2022 and 2023 so they've already done they've already done some of that they're also going to have to reduce official and unofficial visits which they've already done it once again from the self-imposed the last two years the big one though no postseason season big deal so that means they're going to be able to go to bowl games and if Tennessee continues to play as they've been playing. That's important because the expanded playoffs, say you lose two games, you still got a good shot. Whether you you say you lose to Georgia and Alabama at this point, you're still in the mix and have a good chance of getting into the postseason because of that. Now, I've said continue the, the success. The one thing they're going to be able to continue to build on and grow with that success obviously comes down to that one question the defensive side of the ball. There's no denying Tennessee's offense. We're going to see what happens with Joe Milton. If he can get his accuracy under control. But he's got his accuracy under control of the Tennessee offense, which is, again, is going to be off and running. They're winning some, like I just said, they're winning some of these battles. Two of those three, four, uh, four-star guys, cornerback, linebacker, defensive side of the ball, have to have that success to continue to build it, grow that, continue to add depth, SEC-caliber players on the defensive side of the balls. You're going to really determine where Tennessee is going to be able to go in the long run in the future because they've been able to turn average offensive players into really good high caliber players to put up big offensive numbers, which is a big important thing. So what are you doing on defense? That's the big deal. now I thought this was a very important thing for the ACC as they just partnered with the CW network and it's kind of you know you kind of want to laugh at it, like oh the CW what's that well they're a uh, they have a nice little reach and getting into the sports space as they currently broadcast a live tour and they're only adding to it With ACC now there'll be 50 total games in this four-year deal: 13 football games, 28 basketball games, and nine women women's basketball games. To me, it's a good second or third network for the ACC, which used to be Raycom Sports. Obviously, they got their package on ACC, um, ABC, ESPN, ACC Network. But a good third, uh, second or third tier network for them. Now I don't know how their selection process is going to go. If they're going to be second in front of the ACC network or third behind the ACCC network, I don't know that tier selection. I haven't seen her come out. That seen or come out yet? Where they're going to fall? So great pickup for them. So like then for example it's gonna be a lot of non-conference games so like pitt cincinnati that's a that's a pretty solid solid tier of a game that they're gonna air coming up now another thing with this tv deal it strengthens the acc conference as a whole because i got another tv deal involved in part of their conference another revenue stream and, a lot, to me, it kind of strengthens the conference as a whole. That could possibly, with this TV deal now, eliminate a potential Pac-12 deal. Now, yeah, they uh, CW could go in and still offer the Pac-12, but it won't be as much money because they've already got some invested in the ACC. Heck, it might, but I wouldn't think so. And to me, it also kind of widens that gap a little bit farther for the ACC to be that third or fourth conference in the Power Five. It's a definitely, definite distance for them over the Pac 12, without a doubt. So it's a nice pickup for the ACC. And I mean, I think it's very important for them to continue to keep up with the Joneses basically and try to keep up with the SEC and the big the Big Ten. Still big killer decline for them, but it's in that range of that third or fourth tier conference, which is good for them. And that it's 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 nice. You no know, good for them, right? I mean they're growing, and I mean, they're growing. They're maintaining, and that's what they have to do in this changing landscape. What is known as the NCAA football. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at Lock It Up Media. That's Lock It Up Media on Twitter. This is the locker. This is Lock It Down Sports. Talk to you next week.